Welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with a co-host that has not been on the podcast before, but you may recognize him if you've been interacting with the MMCast Twitter account recently, or if you've stumbled upon the up-and-coming firing all, all cylinders uh, MMCast TikTok uh, account, uh, Renee. Uh, welcome to welcome. To, I think this is your first time. I've been on your podcast. This is the first time you're on our, the the actual MM cast. Yes, I have. Thank you for having me. But yes, this is the first time uh, on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, you were on the podcast on the Half Step Down podcast, uh, COVID years. So I don't. I can't even tell you when it was, but it was some time ago. But that was fun. We had a good time. Way way, way back in. 2020 17 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but but yeah so so um you've been doing a lot of work to kind of help us grow the mmcast tiktok account as like its own separate existence as well as the instagram and kind of reposting stuff over the last few months which has been really really great and uh we wanted to have kind of a conversation about you know that you you brought up uh that you know, Reed Duke recently kind of uh, did a, a content video and, and he mentioned um, that there just isn't a lot of time right now to brew in uh, modern and and what does that look like and why is that is it and what's the benefit from it? So I think I think today we're going to be talking about for people joining um, the concept of is is modern uh, a brewer's, you know, we used to pretty much espouse regularly that modern was a brewer's paradise is that true still? Is is there room for modern the brew? Has Modern Horizons decided that it's too too difficult to dominate? Have tournaments become too infrequent? So we're gonna be talking about that today. Before I do that, Renee, where 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 can other than you know through our accounts, where where's the best place people can find you on the internet? What are some of the stuff you're doing? Um yeah, so uh you can follow me um on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Renee the Great, uh Renee underscore the underscore great, because Renee the Great was taken. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I am a, I was an intern at Kesco with Alex and I actually met you, Alex, through my girlfriend, Shay, for most of you probably know her more than they know me, uh, which is Adelana Blossoms on the, all over the internet. So as of right now, I am currently doing the MM cast. I do a lot of the marketing stuff that you guys see on TikTok. I, I do a lot of the uh, video editing on TikTok and I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. Uh, I chat with you on Twitter sometimes. I, I like to ask questions to kind of open up the forum a little bit to kind of get people interested. And so we chat there. Uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Uh, I'm also one mo- probably the most interesting about me though is that I'm actually legally blind. Uh, I'm so I have no light perception in my right eye, and in my left eye I see about 30, 40 percent. But obviously I'm I'm working through it, and it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, getting to know Alex and everybody here at the uh, at the podcast and. Ben and Marshall and everybody it's been a lot of fun and I really enjoy it um and yeah so that's where you that's where you find me and uh I also have a podcast which is the half step down podcast we run a on a hiatus for quite some time life gets in the way uh but over the next two three weeks we'll be jumping back on uh it's half step down you can find us on any any podcast platform even on YouTube you can find us just uh, search half step down on any anywhere you get your podcast and we talk about a lot of pop culture uh, most specifically punk rock, a lot of things, how they intertwine with each other. And yeah, so that's that's what we do. And and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, just real quick adverts. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by MTG Summit. Uh, so we're, we're all going to the Magic Summit in um, 
not we all, but me, at least me and Ben <laughs> are going to the MTG <laughs> summit. Uh, I don't know if Renee is going, uh, in, not sure in, yet, not sure yet. So <laughs> kind of penciling, I'm getting married. So I, I gotta, we gotta figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which obviously congratulations, uh, Thank you. which I said in the past, but now everyone <laughs> in the comments say congratulations. <laughs> now I'll know if you listen to the ad part, uh, but yeah. if you use the code cast K E S S, uh, you'll get a discount on, uh, attendance, the M2G summit event, and we'll be there doing a bunch of cool stuff. So we're excited to see everyone there. Uh, also make sure to check out channel fireball and TCG player, uh, .com, uh, both stores. If you use the code, the MM cast at channel fireball, or if on TCG player, you use the affiliate link below, uh, you get uh, a small discount as well. Plus, they send love our way, which we really appreciate. And of course, thank you to all of our patrons who are the people that are making this happen. And with your help, you can make this podcast continue to happen. If you check out patreon.com, you get access to early podcast releases. You get the like the the raw, all non-edited version of the podcast early, about almost seven days early every week. You also get the extended edition, so you'll get about. 20 minutes of extra content each episode, most often front loaded at the beginning of the podcast where we talk about a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, today we talked about um, a little bit of TikTok and how that kind of that that functions, a little bit of one piece, a little bit of what's the most published author of all time. Ends up that R.L. Stein has 300 books that he's written, which is a wild number. Yep. Um, so definitely make sure to check that out on Patreon. And then we also have a cool Patreon announcement happening probably in the next next episode uh, or the next episode that Ben and me are both on, uh, which we're really excited by. And it's a partnership with Alter Sleeves, which you can also use the code the MCAST for. But uh, wait till that announcement happens because there's spicy stuff happening. Um, all right. This episode brewing. So um, the one thing that so so one of the other things that beyond just just your statement about a statement Reed Duke made about how it being a, and I, I do want to let you tell that story. Originally, there's also um, the the Twitter account at, at MTG Nosferatu posted earlier today, basically kind of the concept that one of the things heard in competitive play is also just the lack of focus. There's now too many formats between the four different formats that get fo- focused on an RCQ and main competitive events on arena plus standard pioneer and modern, and even to some extent legacy in paper and how the RCQ system is kind of forcing people to play each of them at different times of the year. You could go to one RCQ in January, that's modern. And the next week you have to have a pioneer deck. And the next week you have to have the standard deck and how that has also created this onus for people to kind of stay within safe mainstay decks that they understand versus brewing. And so I want, I want first, first talk about how, what, what Reed said and kind of your thoughts on um, what it means. Is modern a place that you can brew still? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So this, this was some time ago, this had to have been probably sometime late last year, but it always kind of resonated in my mind. So the idea was I was watching, he was doing some sort of gameplay video with some modern deck. I think it was, some, I think it was a Jun shadow list or a Grixis shadow list, but in, in the middle while he was explaining how the deck worked, he was kind of mentioning how he wished he would spend a little more time uh, brewing. He goes, I wish I can brew a little more, uh, do, you know, whatever it is that he wanted to do. But because of the fact that he plays standard pioneer, uh, modern now these other formats it's a lot harder for him to brew uh for example like inspiring spike um would normally really dedicate his time to modern that's where he he's most you know where he usually focuses his his uh, brewing skills at and then right under uh, a little bit after that you hear Reed duke say uh but i just like winning like i just like winning too much that you know brewing is kind of it's always kind of difficult right because there's no median there anymore um and I feel that the format has grown to a, uh, a position of efficiency where one and two drops are the most efficient cards that you can play in modern, where three drops in some way, shape or form 
is always harder to brew with, right? And it, even if you do try to brew with something, you're going to have more than likely uh, your elementals, right? You're going to have the fight for elementals in some way, shape, or form. You'll probably have your Raghavan, your Renin Six. There's not really very a lot of room to brew. And what I always thought about the beauty of modern was is the fact that you're able to the card pool is so vast that you should have an opportunity to kind of delve into it. But I think because a lot of the internet um, is dedicated to what the meta looks like, it's always hard to stay away from that because then you always have those in connection, those, um, those ideas of thinking, well, why wouldn't I just play fury? Why wouldn't I just play solitude over these three cards? Right. And so I think that's something within itself. So maybe Modern Horizons does have a really big thing to do with it, but uh, it's just, I think that the format needs to, I think the format needs to kind of figure out a way, well, not just the format, but I think players and brewers need to figure out a way to kind of open up the meta a little bit. Maybe not even open up the meta, but kind of just let it kind of breathe a little bit and and, and figure out ways to come up with some cool ideas, you know? Because I, I have yeah. some cool ideas too, but it just never... I kind of I have these awesome ideas and then I put it together. I go to my LGS, I lose, and instead of working on it, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go back to Emily Titan, sort of thing. Right, right. Well, I think I think that's like something the podcast has always been a big proponent of is you know not asking the question why doesn't this see play or why shouldn't this card see play and more looking at the question as how could this see play now that's gotten us into trouble specifically in the fact that there were times where we did four episodes straight of the same set review looking at war of the spark and modern horizons one uh where oh yeah every we could talk about any card and talk about what how could this see play you know you're 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 able to evaluate cards and come up with new ideas and creativity a lot better if you accept that any card could do well that's obviously not true on a holistic level but you know there are many strategies that have been considered bad that have become winning strategies in modern that just because the right person found the right tools to make it work an example being of course classically amulet titan which is now one of the best decks in the format over modern history another one being lantern control um but even stuff like grinding station and Merfolk, two decks that are doing really well. And I think Merfolk has become a, a, a real player in the modern metagame at the moment. And the amount of times I've had a conversation where people call Merfolk trash and say that that can never could do anything. So I think like there is just an attitude. And it's been interesting also seeing that like play out in the CDH community as well. Uh, and nowadays where that's become a much more popular place that these type of competitive conversations happen where like. The classic conversation around strategies is that strategy is bad. You're not playing a real deck, right? Like you shouldn't do that. And it's always been the benefit, I think, of the players that will do the best to not act that way. And it's been proven time and time to be true to like look at the format holistically and try new stuff out because you might be finding ways to hit the metagame differently than people would expect. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I think the biggest component on the idea that tier two decks or tier three decks are in some way shape or form trash is because what you see on the internet is based on what people are playing on the internet right uh for example if you go to an rcq my my lgs uh when i went to go compete at the modern rcq i was i wasn't sure what to expect right because at the time when you look at the meta page you're like okay you're gonna see a lot of four color omnath you're gonna see a lot of blue red temple you're gonna see a lot of this you're gonna see a lot of that 
at my LGS, what we saw a lot of was a lot of Amulet Titan. There was two or three Amulet Titan players. There was a, 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 a lot of Tron players. You had one guy playing Infect. Only one person played Blue Red Temple. Only two or three people played Four Color Omnath, right? So the idea that the format is so it, it, the format is actually shrinking. It's a, in my opinion, is actually false. I think with the ability to do with the ability to like brew in any way, shape, or form, and figure out ways to kind of mitigate that meta, actually kind of opens up the format, right? It's kind of like my complaint. It's kind of like uh, I, for people who follow me on Twitter and Alex, I think we're, you and I are very big fans of Companions, right? More specifically, in Commander, we're fans of Companions. And the argument that I always have in Companions is that people say. It or even with budget brewing, like I like to brew budget decks at times, is the idea that you actually have the ability to open up your card pool when you give yourself a specific limit, right? So, for example, with Karuga, if I I don't know if you remember, but there was quite a time where I was trying to figure out who am I going to pair Karuga with, who am I going to pair with Karuga with. When you start to add companions to the format to to your deck building idea, it actually opens up your your card pool because you're like, oh well, I would have never thought of playing Brineland in any way shape or form right because that's an eight mana trash card right but in in but so that kind of opens up the in that same aspect if you open that up in modern for example not of the reliquary is still a really good card it's just unfortunate that it has been pushed out because the, the game has become so efficient and people and maybe i'm not willing to brew with it right like i had this idea of playing slow girk with not of the reliquary but then you think about well, two, three CM, three, three mana value cards in one deck just doesn't seem efficient anymore. But sure, if you don't uh, try to do that, I don't. If you don't try to kind of overhit that barrier, we're never going to find out, right? So I think that's why I think it's important that we kind of open up the meta a little bit, try to break through the meta in some way. Well, and 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 what I would say, kind of, and, and going back to your paper versus online metagame report, paper magic has always been very different than online, and it's because in paper magic, it's the cards you own and the cart and the decks you've built over time that are you're going to see a lot more at a local level, and even in a grand prix level, like I, the amount of grand prix I used to play at where I would like. I'm metagame testing. Here are the top 10 decks. I'm going to play 30 games against each deck with my deck, and I'm going to get the best at all of those decks. Hell yeah. And then I don't have any buys because, you know, that's the life I was living. <laughs> the West Coast <laughs> didn't have many tournaments available. Nope. Um, and so the, the first two rounds play against weird off the wall brews that I had no plan against. And it was like, oh, I guess I've lost. Right. Tron is a deck yeah, <laughs> that wasn't in exactly. the top eight on MPG Goldfish or whatever yep. the comparable website back then was. I guess I'm out of luck. Uh, and and you know when you go to a local game store, you shouldn't expect like oh just because blue red is in the you know is the number one you know is ten percent of the meta game on MTG Goldfish. That does not mean that in your local game store it's going to be that ten percent. And so. In some ways, I think that's one of the reasons Jund does better once you exit the online world versus online data, because Jund is classically and now closer, maybe Rakdos midrange is classically the like, this is good against everyone. It's not great against anyone, but it's decent. I'm going to thought seize people and most decks need to work through that unless you're Tron. And I'm hoping to dodge my Tron matchups. <laughs> so, like, well, when you're I in paper, you're more than likely going to face Tron pretty often than not, because that's been yeah, a hard well, yeah, because it's one of the least expensive decks <laughs> you can play for. Yeah, yeah, and that's why maybe you should play just like Amulet Titan, because then you can just stomp people, stomp on people stumbling. Um, but 
On the other hand, I, I do think online offers an easier ability to brew on the other hand, because the investment to brew online is a lot less expensive, right? If you don't already have a fully built collection, building new decks costs money. And if you're building a moto, though, a mana traders account lets you basically build any deck you want for an extended period of time or just the cards are a lot less expensive on moto. So like the balance between what happens online and what people are willing to try out to find success versus in paper, which is what players just are able to afford to own in real life. I think are very two different forces that both do allow as we get back to paper magic, people to brew more and come up with cool ideas. I mean, even looking right now, on recent 5-0 lists, there's a 5-0 crab vine deck that mm-hmm. like, you know, I haven't seen a crab vine deck 5-0 an event in modern in maybe four years, which yeah. is like really sick. And, you know, right below it, there's a dredge deck. And and not on top of that, like as far as like the metagame changing, the Indomitable Creativity deck four months ago was not a deck like people are talking about as a cool thing you could do, but it definitely wasn't five, you know, over 5% of the metagame like it is now, but now because Loris is gone and the metagame is shifting stuff like that. And grinding station are both seeing a lot more play where before they weren't really a feature of the metagame. Cause what they were doing wasn't as good as stuff with Loris in the deck, or they weren't, they were being punished by decks that were just stronger than them. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you, but if you look at most deck lists, um, uh, you notice that a lot of the cards being played uh, are, are being played in other decks, right? So, like, if you look at the Domino Creativity deck, that's playing Archons, right? Because Archon of Cruelty is just a bonkers card. If you look at the Reanimator version, the Shell, it always played Archon of Cruelty because it was just bonkers card. So, I guess the argument that I'm making, or not the argument, but just what I'm trying to say is that what if we try to pull away from what we feel is top, is tier, and meta, and find a card in this vast card pool that we have in modern and try to try to exploit that, right? But I think that also goes back to the conversation of having Modern Horizons 1 and 2 in the format. But, of course, that's a different conversation. We've had that conversation who knows how many times, right? But if you pull something like that out of the out of the equation and you go back to, let's say, Night of the Wallet Quarry, because I love that card, and Slowgurk, and you play a bunch of Cycle Lands, maybe there's a way I can build this deck that way. But... It's unfortunate that in some ways, whether you're playing online or paper magic, you're going to see a lot of the same cards. And I think that might be detrimental to the format in some way, shape or form. But it's it's uh, it should be able we should we should still be able to have an opportunity to brew what we want and then possibly make it better. Right. And the, the more you play it, the more you'll be able to do it. But again, I, but I'm, I'm also part of the problem, too. Right. Because in in a way, like I said, I built that bent lands deck and instead of trying to make it better i just gave up so maybe it's because well, it kind of fits half and half right like you don't know if you want to win or if you want to brew it's one or the other but 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 i think i think there's there's like the point with like a, the, the the example you're using right the the slow gurk cycle life from the loam um not the reliquary deck which which is at this point too slow like i, I mean the and the 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 crab vine deck is a great example of that you could just be a card away from being printed where that deck's good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, and, or, you know, there could be a piece of tech that you're missing. Maybe you're leaning too hard in loan and you actually should just be playing collected company and not even worry about that and take advantage of the fact that the best type of deck that has multiple three drop creatures can play collected company to its greatest strength. Cause you're getting the two mana advantage by casting into those or the fact that three drops often play very well with, 
noble hierarchy. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> uh, fact, yeah, uh, and and you know land of war elf variants because they're mm-hmm. birds of paradise where you can ta- and and on top of that, neither reliquary is one of the best things to find um, Gavany townships with to be able to then pump up that army. So there is, I think, ways to take advantage of those cards that could be interesting, and it could literally just be the right land being printed or the right two drop being printed that kind of combines those pieces of the strategy together. And sometimes which sucks, the cards like slow maybe just aren't good enough, right? Like there, yeah. there is, there is a point where just like, I don't know if slow was good enough before modern horizons one was sure. printed, right? I don't know yeah. if the printing of these elementals is really the problem there. There is an argument for a long time that a sorcery speed, anything for three or more mana was unplayable up until the point that Splinter Twin was banned. Uh, so I think it's hard to really say, has the format gotten more toxic towards that type of card or do just the power of three drops need to be more explosive and modern basically from its onset? Now the reliquary has seen play even recently, but that has been off of the back of um the combo with it right like there are combo decks that can go infinite with the knight of the reliquary and the land that has landfall or the enchantment that has landfall that lets you untap knight of the reliquary and get go through your whole deck i'm forgetting what it's called it's on the screen um yes uh that card that's a good one one right there yes that one right there oh my god what's the name of that card yeah um, it has a mustache they put a mustache on it that's weird Oh, right on Looks right great on. though. Okay. Honestly, just okay. rocking the mustache. You should have to put some glasses on that card too, see what it looks like. Well, now I don't know who it is. Now it's a mystery character. Yes. <laughs> got a big nose and sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, this is wild. <laughs> that card, I, I knew what that card was called, but now that there's a fake mustache and sunglasses and nose on it, I don't, I no longer know what it's called. This is yeah. weird. Can uh, we put a hat on it too? So and now it's, now there's a trench coat. Now there's a trench coat. Yeah. Now it just became Silent Bob from Giants on a Bob without the mustache. Are there three of them in a trench coat? There's now are there now three cards all yes. with mustaches stacked yes. and it's, on a trench coat. And it's Slogurk, not of the Reliquary, <laughs> and then that one card that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, they're all yeah. the children. Yes, yeah, <laughs> stacked together. Yeah. I think this um, will go on TikTok, and I'm gonna make that happen. <laughs> yeah, you. If if if, if Marshall doesn't uh, and Rick don't edit these together, it's up to you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, make sure to follow the TikTok account to see that animation. If Marshall and Rick didn't do it, I think Marshall and Rick should do it though. Um, that would be wonderful. Uh, it'll still be we on TikTok. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess. Like my point. My point has always been in modern. You should feel free to brew because it it doesn't mean your brew should be viable. I think I think that's something that sometimes people misconstrue or saying I'm not saying that like any deck can make it because I don't that's that's obviously not true. Right. You you like you're you're like four colossal dread maw four of the illusion Mm. colossal dread maw for modern horizons deck isn't going to be you know isn't going to be viable in modern as sick as that deck sounds. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But, But that doesn't mean that every deck that is viable in modern has been found. And you won't be able to find that gem, that lantern control, that crab vine, that grinding station deck, that indomitable creativity deck without trying stuff. I mean, last week we did a uh, I did an episode on my own. Uh, Please give me any passes needed. I may have said um too many times Uh, going over five decks in modern that are all brand new 
or, or, or really interesting style decks that are being brought to the format. Talked about a calibrated blast deck that is, you know, one that's been around, but has never perfectly done well in the metagame, but does this really cool thing. Uh, we talked about an effect list that made a comeback and like was mm-hmm. doing really well. You know, there's, there's both old strategies, like one, some of the ones we've mentioned, like in fact, like Dredgevine that like, had the pieces forever to be close to viable and with the right metagame shift, the right cards being good, the right cards being bad, have a chance to making a comeback or just like the right technology. And there's brand new strategies that just like, like that's where like literally lantern control did not exist as a deck. And then Zach Elsick top 16 with it after a bunch of people on Reddit and him brewed it together. And then he came on the podcast and said, this is the best deck in modern. Every other deck is trash. And we were like, okay, sure (laughs) and a week later won the next grand prix and now works at wizards and does a lot of great work for them so like there's there's always a chance ambulant titans the same piece where it's like kind of a meme deck people are like oh yeah sometimes it can win on turn one most of the time it loses and then someone was like no 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 this deck can win on turn two and it's consistent and yeah. it's like proved it got to the top, you know, got two copies of it to the top eight of a pro tour. Um, and so I, I do think there's always a chance for technology to change or ideas to change. Even, even, you know, famously death shadow is a deck that was worse until a card was banned out from under it. And then them having to find new tech that was worse than Gitaxian probe being Thoughtseize proved to them that, Oh, we should just not be an all in version of the deck and just death shadow is the best delver in the format. And now this deck's the best deck in the, now this deck is the best deck in the format. There were no new cards printed into it. It just like the, the uh, temptation of the explosiveness of giving it double strike was so high that no one was willing to take a step back and be like, Oh, what if I just put that in a tempo shell? (laughs) So, uh, so my question to you is, uh, piggybacking on, on what you said earlier about how the meta can shift, right, um, based on technology, based on cards, based on designs of new cards that are coming out. So let's just say there nothing new is being printed for the next couple months, right? Um, do you think that a meta, the meta can shift? Are you, are you, I mean, we're already 17 days into the Brothers War preview season and then our preview card for throne of Eldraine or the wilds of Eldraine came out last week on our uh whatsapp account <laughs> go follow us on well, whatsapp <laughs> well, what I'm saying, well, what I'm, okay well let's just say it never stops renee well obviously but let's just say that preview seasons don't exist right now let's just say the brothers war and 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 on <laughs> let's say we got we we're getting a new set and feel so free. Uh, this is yeah. this is a weird world. <laughs> is this what is this what the sun feels like? This is what it, yeah. This is what it feels like when you're not looking at magic cards twenty four seven because you're spoilers. Yeah. So let's wow. say okay. so let's say the brothers war and on for the next two three. Let's say the brothers war gets pushed back to let's say that comes out in February, right? So now yeah, you yeah. have this huge Charlotte amount of time. Walks out, snaps her fingers. Yes. No new magic cards. No new magic cards. So. Then we, so, we get no new ones for a three-month period of time. Yes. So let's say that within those three months, the meta has been kind of growing into a it, it kind of stale, right? So do you feel that with what's in the format now, you're able to kind of figure out a way to break that, break that meta and widen out the format with what's in with what's available now? 
Or do you feel I mean, that I, I, the power creep is the power creep is real, right? But with the power creep st- existing and kind of growing as new sets come out, do you feel like we need to wait for something new to make Night of the World Cry uh, viable again, right? Or to make fairies no, viable again? I, I don't. I mean, the the of the decks I mentioned, the only deck on the list that has a new cards from from Dominaria that has really changed it from a deck that couldn't shake it in the top. 30 decks to moving it to the top 30 decks is Merfolk. Merfolk. Right. Yeah. Grinding Station didn't get a new deck. Uh, honestly, Ambulant Titan didn't get a new card. Indomitable Creativity, no new cards from Dominaria. Um, like the only one is Merfolk, which, like, thank God, you know, I'm, I'm here for Merfolk being good. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. But, of course. and like the Grabvine deck I mentioned, no new card. The Dredge deck that was just below it, no new card added to the. To, to it from Dominaria, it just the meta game shifted to the right place. You know, people aren't playing nearly as much powerful graveyard hate because there's not many decks in the format that are good out of the graveyard like they were when Luris was around. Sure, and so it's now a format that's a little bit more manageable for those styles of decks. And and that's that I think it is always been true of modern. Is is modern? I mean, ironically, modern has had for like and i'm gonna say this and then i'm gonna start listing them out and i'm gonna remember ones that were also broken but i'm gonna say modern has had four broken moments the the four seasons if you will right we had eldrazi winter we had delve fall we had hogak summer and we had a spring uh an oko well i guess oko fall yeah oko was in the fall Oko Fall. I'm going to say, actually, we all called it Eldrazi Winter, but if we want to be honest about actual times of year, it was Oko Fall, it was Delve Winter, it was Eldrazi Spring, and it was Hogak Summer. Those are our four broken moments. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> That's my hot take for the episode. Eldrazi is a spring deck. It's not a winter. It looks good in <laughs> in pinks and purples. There you go. Look at look at look at Ulamog and tell me he's a fall. Like, Ulamog is a spring if I've ever seen one. A- absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If anything, Kozilek would probably be the one that kind of seems like a fall kind of guy. I don't know. He's very rainbow. I, he's 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 got flower things going on. I'm I'm like he's got the stars coming out. He's coming out of the ground like a flower blooming. I uh, they're all spring. Eldrazi all are of them. A, and they wow. and and their original show they showed up in spring. The original rise of the Eldrazi, a spring set. That's right. It was um, a spring set. You know that's yeah. my hot take yeah. uh, of the episode. That's that's um, when they were. That's when Wizards was giving out. Um, uh, pre-release promos and they were out and it was a uh, emercool yeah that's when they were giving out yeah. warm clothes and emercools as uh promos well, no, warm 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 clothes was the promo for, for scars of meriden scars of meriden and mm-hmm. then M- which was li- li- you know three months later but yeah. back to my point one of the most broken of those of those four was delve you know the the delve season where treasure cruise dig through time just guys ascendancy uh birthing pod decks were all dominant until they all got banned right before the uh modern pro tour that was just after the release of um fate reforged and mm-hmm. our pro tour fate reforged and those and that's the 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 end of birthing pod but that gp just the two gps just before that pro tour were two of the most diverse top eights you've ever seen in 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 a GP tournament. There was eight exactly eight different decks in both of them, and now 
if you look at the tournaments at large, the combination of Delve was definitely degenerate. And I understood why the decisions were made and they got rid of birthing pod because they felt that, you know, if we banned these cards, it just put birthing pod in a position that this would be the best deck in the format. There's your history lesson of, of how Delve spells were, were banned. But even in that, the metagame was shifting, right? That was a solved metagame that had three to four months between product releases being added to modern. You had from September to March. Uh, and even then, the metagame of modern with some of the most broken cards ever printed, Treasure Cruise, modern, modern metagame continued to shift throughout that period of time. And so I think like, if you were to do that now, we would see the same case. If anything, one thing that I think might happen, and maybe this is to kind of one of the, the, the thesis statements of the episode, the hyper product release of what's going right now is almost hurting the ability for people to look at the metagame and come up with new answers for it and shift it away from Hammer Time, Merc Tide, Omnath, uh, Cascade, right? Like sure. the, 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 the four pillars of the format. And that's because the metagame is shifting or so many new cards are being added that people are taking time just seeing which new cards work in the established decks, not even getting a chance to look at what strategies are hiding in the wings that we can brew to make better to make it work in this format. I'm spending too many time. I'm spending too much time thinking, okay, what level of decks does letter ledger shredder work in? Yeah. Uh, what level of decks do different dominator United cards work in to like, think of like, Oh, this whole other deck strategy lanterns back, baby. <laughs> yeah. This deck works. Now I can play this instead. You know, yeah. like there's, there's no right now. There's not really a way there's not time to, to figure that out. Yeah. So there, I, I think that um, the format can, as you said, right, history has shown that it can easily adjust to whatever is, is being played, right? Um, once you start to ban things, right, the format kind of writes itself. Now, just oh, no, because... I'm not, I'm not, sorry, I wasn't saying banning was needed to happen. I was pointing no. at, there was a four-month period of time where even with some of the most cards that needed to be banned before the Pro Tour, the format itself actually did not stagnate. It, it rotated around those cards as this format rotates around the elementals and Renin six sure. and Raghavan, but it, that doesn't mean there's not a ton of different decks that are viable seeing play that are good against those strategies. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, and that's... New, decks, new decks are being created regularly or found to be viable regularly, um, both then and now. And then, then I, and then I did the whole thing about how the fact that more sets are coming out, make it harder to blah, blah, blah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. I, I, there was a lot of information that I was trying to absorb. <laughs> I was trying no, to absorb okay. most of it. But, um, so by that standard, so do you feel with the expansions of all these format of all these cards, right? The card pool is only going to get bigger and bigger as we move forward. Do you think that there's any deck out there that you can remember that with maybe just one card, one extra push, kind of like what happened with Merfolk, right? Which is great. One extra push to kind of make some of these other, try to make some of these other decks a little more viable in the format. Or do you think it's, it's it, do you still think that we're kind of a, a, a step behind a little bit on the idea of like, oh, maybe let's try to make this happen again. Because again, no, like think, if you take think, a look at like Crabvine and all that stuff, like you're not getting a lot of those like those numbers, yeah. I mean, they do five over once in a while, but maybe that's because the format's not ready for it. But do you think that there's a a, a deck that is, is will kind of a deck that will kind of grow into it with more cards being released? 
I, I think there's tons of strategies that if the right card is being printed can make it viable or not. And there's also strategies that don't even exist, right? Wizards can print the right combo of cards. Sure. Look at Splinter Twin, right? Like the yeah. the obviously modern didn't exist yet, but before Splinter Twin existed, Kiki Jiki plus uh, Pestermite wasn't a thing yeah. people were trying to do in extended. But you add Splinter Twin to the conversation and Deceiver Exarch, and yeah. now you're talking about one of the most powerful creature combos that ever be printed sure. to eventually need to be banned. There, It's very easy, Wizards, especially going to Brothers War, we could get a bunch of like things to be looking out for. Artifact cards are going to be being printed in very powerful ways for the rest of this year, right? We're going to... Brothers War, which is a war of artificers, <laughs> yeah, uh, and the Dawn of Phyrexia. We're then going to the Plain of Phyrexia, which will be very artifact focused, and then we're going to two sets that will be a war with Phyrexia. So expect your artifact strategies to get benefits throughout the year. Um, Lancer controls coming back, I, calling it now. Not, <laughs> hey, I, I mean, called it last time for double masters with Twitter. Remember that when I did, um, I I kept saying that season Pyromancer and Force Negation was going to reprint it, and everybody said it wasn't going to happen. And then lo and behold, yeah. they both got printed at the same time. They spoiled um, them. Lancer Control. No, I mean we're here for the shot calls. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> I'm calling it Lancer Control. I'm gonna be three for <laughs> three. Control will Lancer Control will top eight a major tournament in modern this year is, the, right. is the shot call we're doing it um, my, three my shot call, if, if i'm gonna point out one thing it's the fact that both the crab vine and a dredge vine list uh did well um both five five owing is a sign that right now graveyard strategies are viable right i think that's sure. to me more than anything is that the mm-hmm. the people have had to lessen their graveyard hate for hate for other strategies, which allows those decks to do well right now. And so if I was to enter a magic tournament, I would look at those types of strategies to see what is actually viable right now, seeing that they might be a good place to start. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like literally, as you said, lantern can get new cards, but like weird stuff, right? Amulet is a card that was in modern forever that everyone didn't realize was busted with bounce lands or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like th- th- literally any card can be printed anytime the world doesn't know unless you're at wizards. And even then they probably don't know what cards in mo- are going to be the most important for modern moving forward. I don't Agreed. even think they thought ledger shredder was going to be a modern staple. Yeah. Yeah. I think ledger shredder was uh, a card that I think maybe wizards assumed like by design. It's like, Oh, this is a solid standard card. But yeah, I mean, the, the waves that it's made in other formats, most specifically modern has been bonkers, right? Like it's, it's right, just been, right. it's just been very bonkers. Yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of the point, right? Who knows? And, and, and like, look at Merfolk, right? If you had asked, what's the card that make Merfolk viable in modern? I don't even know if I, I think a week ago, I would have not a week ago, a, a month and a half ago. I'd be like, I don't think one card does it. I think you need a much more significant way to do it, but then they printed Voldarin Hexcatcher, a yeah. flash lord that has a counterspell attached and has the ability to turn your other Merfolk into counterspells. Yeah. And there you go. There's the yeah. card you need. Yeah, you figured that's it the out. Card that you needed. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. But do you um, feel like there's so, some format? Do you feel like there's some decks that don't need another piece? Because I know Michael always says that, you know, that he doesn't want Amulet Titan to have a, new pieces. And I think Tron is kind of that same way. But I feel like Tron. In well, some I think ways, going to get a ton of pieces. I think, yeah, I think, I, after, I think it's going to get a. Yeah, I think it's going to get one big piece that's going to make it viable again. I, well, it's still viable now, right? It's in the 
it's it's on it's a, it's a tier one two percent of the meta game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, I think Tron's going to get a cool piece or two to be able to play with. I don't know if they're going to be that much better than what Tron's already doing. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think I think like I, I pointed the judge. I don't think Judge is going to get very many new cards, and I think it's more viable now than it's been in years. Yeah. Um, I think that like literally just it's the goblins could get a new goblin that makes it viable i mean there's a 5-0 list right here for goblins to begin with you could have you know it like that's kind of the point like a new card being printed mm-hmm. opens up any strategy you it yeah. could be a brand new strategy. it could be such a powerful broken card look at through the breach not through the breach sorry underworld look breach. at um underworld breach yeah. right like underworld breach has opened up entire concepts of what decks can be that previously sure. weren't viable sure and so just wizards can print an insane like wizards can print any insane card there's so sure. many things that could happen yeah now and, and, it, and it's so interesting that for example a card like otherworldly gaze that was printed in innistrad last last season uh, a year ago and with the banning of luris kind of opens up the format for dredge right because right. people aren't prepared for something like that so i guess I guess I'm kind of backtracking my own statement because after talking to you and listening to someone else's opinion, it makes a lot of sense that the format could could open up right whenever it wants to. It's just a matter of uh, what when is it ready to when is it ready to kind of make that jump? I guess the, the the purpose to me of this podcast episode is for people to take this moment of the podcast or the TikTok that you eventually clip to put on our TikTok account uh, to send to their friend who's like, hey, modern can't ruin it you got to just play the best deck your deck idea is dumb send this to them you're wrong uh modern is dope you can come up with new strategies in yep. it i'm the host of the masters of modern podcast you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> this format is super wide open and get good scrub there we yeah, go uh, you know the modern format has been my favorite format for quite some time uh it has been something that i i started playing when it uh, at, at its inception, I mean, I was playing Black Red Vampires with Vampire Nocturnus and Terminates, right? So it's like I, I, and then I went to like this green white Kitchen Fink deck. What's the name of that green white creature? The Lord, uh, the four mana hybrid, uh, plus one plus one for each green one, for each green creature, plus one plus one for each white creature. I don't even know. Yeah, it, 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 but that, you know, I was yeah, I was trying to brew into that, right? So I mean, for for a long time, I've always wanted to. To brew right i've always wanted to do something fun for the format but in all honesty the format is always fun regardless i think it's it's by far in my opinion the most fun i've i have um outside of maybe playing commander with your buddies right but outside of that i think it's it's definitely something that uh it's always open to interpretation what which i think modern you know that that's what modern should be right so sure, ho- sure. hopefully there's well, more people I- listening to the podcast that'll take this and say, Hey, let's, let's make something fun. Let's try to brew something. And, and you never know, maybe you are going to be the next Lancer control, right? It could well, happen. And you bring up, you bring up, you bring up, um, vampires. And I do think that's like, that's the easiest strategy to just randomly be good now, which is tribal sure. decks, right? Like that happened with humans that happened like at, with it's happening with elementals. Mm-hmm. It happened with spirits. Like you, it could happen with vampires. There could just be a good vampire list out there that people haven't figured out. I like there's obviously goblins, goblins, elves and merfolk all have decks that are five owing regularly to yeah. some extent. Murf- yeah. uh, elves being the weakest of those three, mostly due to its weakness to fury. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even then, like these decks are viable and 
like there's a ton of like wizards could very easily, especially after the brothers war, get a massive shot in the arm to be viable. There's that new blue red wizard that was printed that whenever you play a non creature spell, all creatures get plus one plus zero. Yeah. Like, so like there's, there's a ton of different strategies out there. You know, we've always said, if you're going to come up with a tribal deck, look at the ones that exist and figure out why is this different than those? Why would a vampire deck be better than Merfolk? And right now, a lot of the vampire cards don't really lean into that. But zombies, vampires both have the ability to play out of the graveyard with a blood gas strategy or a grave crawler strategy. You know, they have the aristocrats features to them with vampires. If they print the right vampire aristocrat, that's both good for aristocrat strategy as well as good, you know, as as a. Uh, threat and modern maybe you're looking at something maybe that's something that's different than than what's a viable so I, I i think that like there's so many different cards that could be printed that make strategies viable there's so many different strategies that are on the verge of being viable that sometimes it's just the right tech sometimes strategies are just like you're trying too hard like and this is what happened with 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 death shadow i mentioned earlier you're trying too hard to like be cute and if you were just to take the core of the strategy that's doing well and just focus on that instead of the cute side of it, you've taken a deck from I'm going to, you know, not tournament viable or tier three to tier one. That I yeah. mean, that's what happened there. Another example is birthing pod before birthing pod was banned. It had moved almost entirely away from Kiki G not Kiki Jiki or well Kiki Jiki combo as well as kitchen fink combo like you weren't you were not doing the Lyra combo anymore and you were no longer doing the Kiki Jiki combo you were just a siege rhino deck that had birthing pot in it because it could find any silver bullet you had for strategies for hate bears and then otherwise was one of the best value engines you could play and decks couldn't beat siege rhino at the time so I think like there's there's always a opening to take some strategies and make them a little bit more viable by making them a little less targeted and a little bit more broad uh, in its ability to handle threats. I think there are strategies that get a new piece that make them stronger. And I think there's strategies that uh, are on the edge of playable and the metagame needs to shift in their favor or just the right card combo isn't being thought of. You're not thinking of amulet plus summer bloom. <laughs> Yeah. And you could be. Yeah. Or you're not thinking you're 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 trying to do Gorio's Vengeance with Grizzlebrand when you should be doing Grizzle brand and be using Gorio's Vengeance with Grizzlebrand, but like using Shoals to gain, you know, a terrible green bulk rare from Kamigawa is actually the secret to you drawing your entire deck and winning the game with a with a with a Bergamos in play. So like big big and that's a deck, for instance, that's may be viable right yeah. like at any moment that deck could just be good faithless looting has been banned but they've now b- printed a bunch of good control red discard spells and grishol brand can come back tomorrow if the right combo of cards or the right metagame works for it i i will go on the record and say at my next rcq in my lgs for modern i will play black white zombies that is going to I, be something I, that i have will i will break the format with black white zombies that is my I believe in you my goal that is my goal, Alex, and I will get there. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, like, I, I want, I obviously want that to happen. I want people to succeed. <laughs> um, and that, and that does bring us to kind of the next point. I think, like, you know, if I were to pick the three things as a barrier to people brewing in modern, it's not stagnation. 
Sure. I don't think the format's stagnating. I don't think most of the cards for Modern Horizon, though obviously warping the format, are not stopping new deck ideas from working. Sure. I think the things yeah. that are hurting it are hyper-release schedule. I think just there's so many new cards coming out that it's hard to even find what good cards are in those sets quick enough before the metagame shifts entirely because a new set came out, which we brought up. Two, I do think it there's a little bit of just like bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 maybe kind of an answer to that and then and then the th- is the like paper magic coming back versus online magic and what those metagame shifts look like um is a part of that bad attitude and then the third one I do agree with this which is that you know th- before COVID there was a modern season from m- basically the May set release to the September set release or made set release to the, to the core set, you would have three to six months of modern uh, PTQs. Every PTQ would be modern. It would be feeding into a modern pro tour later that year. And it would launch with a four grand prix series of, of, of uh, modern focused grand prix. And that'll, and then there was a standard season and then there was a limited season. And then at one point there was also a, 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 a block constructed season. <laughs> yeah. um, now I would argue probably modern, pioneer standard um and Sealed. i think we need to bring that back like i think i think the 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 point that um nosferatu and at, at mtg nosferatu speaking of vampires <laughs> made <laughs> is is because so much of the formats are shuffled all year long where at any moment you need to be good at alchemy historic standard uh, explorer, pioneer, standard, modern, and maybe to a lesser extent, legacy. Uh, you that that's so many different formats that, and you have to know them every week, right? That if you're doing RCQs in your area, every RCQ and limited would be would be the last one. Every RCQ is going to be a different format that you have to master. And if that's how it's working, then I have no motivation to brew. I have my one modern deck that is a tier one modern deck because I'm grinding RCQs. I have my one pioneer deck that's the top five pioneer decks on the list. I have my one historic deck, my one, like all of those are just, what's the best deck I can find that's within my genre of playing magic that I know I'm good at. I, I don't have to do aggro, so there's no counting <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, or whatever. And then now I lazily play through those art CQs because it's impossible for me to come up with new ideas when I have to look at 17 different formats at a moment versus focusing on one format at a time. That's kind and... of what, um, that's kind of what um, Reed Duke was saying. You're, we're, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode, that's exactly what he said. I, he had said, I wish, not verbatim, right? But he essentially said, I wish I can brew more, but I'm so focused on other formats besides modern that I don't have time to brew, right? So I think going back to the schedule that was once had before, I think would be an amazing way to kind of get people to want to brew, right? Because, for example, the regional this year uh, coming up, where I think I already went through, was Pioneer. But my RCQ at my store was was uh, modern, and then I had another one that was Pioneer, or I think it was modern. Well. There was two or three RCQs in my area, and most of them were modern. I was like, but I had to prepare for Pioneer, right? So I think that all, you know, like you said, I I, de- I definitely agree with you. I think uh, more than likely getting, you know, kind of getting to a schedule that kind of gets people excited for a specific format for for months at a time gives us an opportunity to possibly find the next like, lantern control, the next black white zombies, right? Like something in the lo- along the lines of that to find something that'll kind of help the format kind of 
uh, not adjust, right, but kind of have something like, oh, I can do this. I can do this right. and not have to worry about it. And, play and, and some of that takes iteration, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. you, if I'm brewing in paper, I need to go to five RCQs to mm-hmm. be able to have enough tournament data from the first one to then, okay, these four cards didn't work. That sideboard card was bad. This deck matchup is terrible, but this matchup was so good yep. that I know that this is the type of strategy I want to be paired against. I need yep. to have my sideboard like, and I had like, oh, my Tron matchup cakewalk. My white black zombies deck sh- just takes Tron out, no problem. Uh-huh. And but in my sideboard, I had a bunch of Tron sideboard hate, and my my affinity matchup is terrible. And I had no one artifact removal spell yeah. in my entire deck. So yeah. like, and so then the next week you, you adjust it. And then that way, like, okay, I, the, the, you know, bringing the artifact did make it to my affinity matchup work, but I was actually still weak to graveyard hate, uh, even with the good graveyard hate I brought. And therefore maybe the fact that I had six cards of graveyard hate in my deck and then still lost a graveyard, I should just ignore graveyard strategies and just hope I don't get paired against them. And that way I can increase my chances against these seven strategies by having, you know, more sideboard slots for those, the matchups I can win. Then I have the matchups that I stomp on without needing sideboard cards and my total losses. I shouldn't even try. I just like hope I win on the draw. Sure. I get the draw on the first round and then they stumble. Yeah. Um, and, and that's week two. Then week three, you play against those matchups. You learn like, Oh, actually this one pet card, I finally drew it. It's terrible. I'm cutting it. Oh, this other card that I like that I like saw tech on the internet for someone that us is also brewing ends up. That's really good in my deck. Also, I'm going to play four of those. And then you try that the next week and then that really works. And you're like, oh, wait, Noble Hierarch is really good in this zombie deck. But so I'm going to be, you know, abs and zombies now. I guess I should also play Gavity Township. Now I can play Knight of the Reliquary. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Knight of the Reliquary. (laughs) (laughs) So like. You know, you need that process. Sure. And some of that you can do on Moto, right? Like that's part sure. of how Moto helps function here. But that reiteration process, especially as a paper magic player who doesn't have a Moto account, like th- without those features and focus for a season, you're not going to be able to come up with new ideas. And and especially if I'm like, I'm trying to RCQ grind going to go to everyone in my area this week i have to know about modern next week i need to know about pioneer okay well what's good in pioneer i guess i'll play just the best deck because that's going to be you know we've we've always kind of proposed on this podcast that it's better to be a master at your deck than to be playing the best deck absolutely agree and and new to it obviously it's best to be a master of the best deck Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but that yes. isn't always possible. Yeah, it doesn't um, always work that way. I played Blue uh, Red Temple, and I'm just like, I, uh, where's give me Primeval Titan? Uh, this yeah, is how, how do I do this? How do I, yeah, yeah, this, uh, <laughs> just give me this. I, I know, and there's more lines in this one, but I understand it because I've been playing it for so long, sort of thing. Yeah, and 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 you know, with that in mind, like if you're jumping between four different formats a week, it's hard to get good at a deck you're now you're now having to figure it out i mean there's an argument maybe to just play phoenix in every format especially if dredge is good and then you can just that like that's the other answer right is just play the same strategy over all five of the formats yeah cards Um, that lend itself right cards that are available in in mo in you know uh, formats or like you said arclight phoenix being viable in pioneer well let me shift over let me pull these 15 cards and pull out these 15 cards because I'm playing modern tomorrow, right? And then you put those together. But at least you still have 
the the shell of what our core, planet is supposed to be. The core shell is the core shell of what it is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah. Agree. I, I I think um yeah absolutely I I think that uh, being able to have a consistent grind, whether or not you're playing for fun or you want to grind it out, whatever it might be. Uh, I think that magic kind of lends itself to the ability to do what you want. And if, and if possibly wizards in, in some way, shape or form can kind of keep more of a consistent schedule. And the idea is like, Hey, we're going to have these things at this point in time. That'll give me more. Uh, that'll give me leeway to be like, okay, now I can actually do this. I'm just reiterating what I said earlier, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, no, I think it's I definitely the best to the way to do it. Of an essay. It's the hardest part in high school for me because it was always just repeat what you said already I, in a way that's slightly different. I cannot um, do that. I, even to the, when I graduated college, that was Shay would always say, just, just summarize what you just said. I said, I just did in this entire essay. What do you mean? I have to reiterate it. And you're not supposed to end it with in conclusion. It's like, well, then I can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in oh. conclusion, uh, <laughs> you can ruin modern. Uh, yes. Modern dope. Uh, the metagame isn't solved. Wizards of the Coast, please reunify the season so that we have a seasonal magic experience. Yes. And 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 arena can be different than paper. I don't need those to be aligned, though. I do think that when Explorer is legal as a season, Pioneer maybe should be the matching season and standard and standard could be, but maybe it's historic and modern are the season sure. together, right? You have three sure. formats for each. You have three seasons a year. Yes. Um, please figure that out. Yes. Um, and we also would uh, like a 10 page paper on how to write a conclusion and send yes, that to that's, the, that's the homework. Yes. And send that In to the, the MMCast network at gmail.com. In the comments below, we request you write our conclusion for us for this podcast. And I, you're not I, I, allowed yes. to use the words in, in conclusion, conclusion at the beginning. Or furthermore, of uh, you cannot write furthermore or, either. Yeah. Cannot do that. Yeah. Yes. Those two two words are banned. Um uh-huh. I'm hoping some uh one time <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can uh oh, maybe it's on Facebook. I once wrote a conclusion that was just me repeating the word conclusion again and again and again for a oh. class once, and I got a right I got an A on that paper. Oh, so. right on. Yeah. Um but I, it was meant, it was like a joke paper. So, mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but there we go. Uh, once again, Ray, thank you so much. We'll, we'll I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll love to have you on again. Uh, I also want to do an episode, maybe talking about all of the different flavors of primeval Titan decks in modern. So uh, look forward to Renee's return to do some primeval Titan content. Uh, and then uh, make sure to follow out the new MMCast TikTok account. Uh, it's, tic- uh, it's the MMCast podcast, right? Uh, the MM podcast. The MM podcast. Yes. yes. So everywhere uh, else is the MM cast. And then on TikTok is the MM podcast. So make, make sure to follow us there. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, there's a bunch of new content and drop us a line. It's all, I, uh, I, it's either Alex or I that's going to be more than likely responding to you guys. So it'd be fun to say hi, but thanks again, yeah, guys. I really appreciate we got, we got, having me on it. Uh, remember, uh, we are, we have eight, we have, we've gone from like 300 followers to almost a thousand. So, yes, so keep, very keep, quickly. keep hanging out with us. Yes. Yes. Um, and thank you separate very much from for my having me Cast Wiley TikTok account, two different TikTok accounts, yes. almost exclusively magic content. You don't have to hear about me talking about one piece or, uh, any of the other random things that shoot into my head. It's <laughs> the MMCast one's all magic all the time. Yes. All right. Thank you once again, Renee. Thank you to our sponsors. Make sure if you're going to MTG Summit and you're checking out, use the KESS code. If you're going to Channel Fireball RCG, uh, use the links below with the codes. And then uh, make sure to check out uh, altersleaves.com. Also follow Renee. There's links below. Oh, yes. <laughs> and we'll talk to all of you uh, next week. Thanks, guys. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.